always thinking about it through the lens of who's the person I want to be a year from now. What's the business I want to have a year from now? And what version of myself do I need to be today? What decision, what investment do I need to make today so I can step into that? It's Jillian, and this is my podcast all about nutrition, entrepreneurship, and motherhood. If you're ready, open, and dedicated to making daily habit changes that will help you have it all, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Welcome back to It's Jillian, a podcast about taking the stress of nutrition and meal planning off your to-do list so you can focus on thriving in all other important areas of your life. From what to eat to what to wear, reducing mom guilt and relationships. If you don't know who I am, I'm Jillian, your host and the owner of the What's For Dinner Club. I am so happy to offer my podcast listeners one month free of my What's For Dinner Club membership with special code PODCAST. Just go to whatsfordinnerclub.com, use that code, and you get a full month for free. These easy, healthy dinner recipes are texted to you every week, along with a grocery list. And what I love most about this is the ingredients and the recipes overlap throughout the week, so you end up wasting less and spending less at the grocery store. I mean, it's a win-win. Today, I'm speaking with the amazing Lindsay Schwartz, founder of Powerhouse Women, top podcast host, and best-selling author. Lindsay saw the need for more honest conversations about the ups and downs of entrepreneurship in order to show women that they don't have to have it all together to get started. From there, Powerhouse Women was born. I wanted to have Lindsay on my podcast for her to share her stories around this community and the importance of doing business and life alongside other women for support and accountability. We talked all about the Powerhouse Women motto. We are not meant to do life or business alone. We also talked about investing in a mastermind, the difference between having an audience and a community, and the importance of mentorship. Lindsay was one of the first mentors I ever invested in, and I remember her telling me, hey, you're going to be successful, but I can get you there faster. And she was so right. You're going to want to check out Lindsay's podcast, Powerhouse Women, for more amazing information. And if you're ever in Arizona, I love her Powerhouse Women event that she has every August or September, so make sure you mark your calendars for that. You can find Lindsay on Instagram at Lindsay Schwartz, that's with two L's, and Powerhouse Women at Powerhouse underscore women. I am so excited for you all to listen in on our conversation. Here is Lindsay. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the It's Jillian podcast. I am really thrilled to have our guest today. She's not only an entrepreneur, top podcast host, and best-selling author. She also is one of my very first mentors, and she led a mastermind group that I was in that literally changed the course of my life. So I'm so excited, Lindsay, for you to be here. Well, I said to you, this is a long time coming. You are meant to have a podcast. So I'm excited that it's finally here, but really excited that I get to be a part of it too. Well, you know, the tables have turned because I have been on your podcast and I remember being so nervous for it. And now here I am having you at my podcast. And it really is just fun to have this conversation because I feel like you have been with me from the very beginning of my journey as an entrepreneur. And we'll definitely have to share our story of how we first met (laughs) because I feel like people would be like, what? You guys like went to a hotel room and like went to an event and you didn't even know each other. Yeah, that's how it all started, you guys. I mean, basically (laughs) like knew each other just, we were, well, we were friendly through like the previous network marketing company we were both a part of. And 
And yeah, I think just when you find people with like energy, you're like, yeah, I could totally go on a girl's trip to an event in another state with her. Why not? Yeah, I just love it because so we were doing this live. Remember, we were like launching a product together. And so that's when we first met. Elliot was there too. And I think you told me about an event. I think you had had it maybe one or two year, maybe one year already. And I was saying, hey, I'm going to this really awesome event that might give you inspiration. It was the Create and Cultivate event in Chicago. And then like next thing I know, you're like, okay, I got my ticket. And I was like, okay, well, I have a hotel room. So do you want to just like stay with me? And I think the plane ride to Chicago, we like got to know each other really. And I remember, it's so funny. I remember being on that plane ride and thinking like, man, I want to do all the things you're doing, like your own business and like fulfilling all these dreams and goals. But I also was working in a corporate job. And so I felt like I couldn't like share all the real dreams because I had to be in my corporate role still. (laughs) Isn't that so funny? And It's like such a reminder too, that you can't deny the things that start to speak to you inside. I tried to deny mine for so long, but when you know you're meant for more, you're meant to pursue something else, it kind of just follows you. And I feel like even our friendship, like we were kind of drawn to each other probably for that reason, not knowing we would get to play such a big role in each other's lives. But that trip was so much fun other than sweating our butts off at the <laughs> I actual was so event. Hot. <laughs> it was so warm, but I will never forget like getting to the hotel and, you know, when you find that person that you can just be quiet with, you don't have to talk to each other. It was like, that's when I knew we would be great friends because without even saying it, I think we both plopped onto the bed, started just kind of scrolling our phones because we needed a little mental break and didn't acknowledge each other or say anything for like an hour. And then we were like, Hey, you want to go walk around? And I was like, Yeah, that's the person I could be friends with. (laughs) The one who's okay with silence. So comfortable around each other. I love that. All right, so let's jump into just your journey with Powerhouse Women. Because again, when I first met you, it had started to blossom, but it was still kind of its its early stage. And I feel like it's grown so much. So let's go back to really what even just inspired you to create what now is a huge community and event and book. And I think there might be more books and podcasts and things on the way, right? So like what really inspired you to get started with that? Yeah, it's so cool because it ties indirectly to the world that you and I met in, which I had spent six-ish years at this time building a health and wellness business through a network marketing company that I absolutely loved. Loved, that was like the first time where I was like, oh yeah, I am not meant to work for someone else. I'm really meant to create something of my own. And even during that time, I think I knew that that business wasn't going to be the only thing I'd ever build. It taught me so many valuable lessons. And one of the things that started to happen was I would have regular conversations with men and women, but I ended up working and speaking with a lot of women who would end up saying something like, it's almost like what you were saying, how you felt when we were traveling together to Chicago and you had these dreams on your heart. And I would find myself in all these conversations where people would say, gosh, it's so cool what you've done, or I would love to start something of my own. And in the very next breath, the next thing they would share would, they would start to list all of the doubts they had, why they didn't think they were ready. They didn't know enough. Maybe they didn't have the right skills or talents. And every time I would kind of pause and be like, hold on, did no one tell you that that's how we all feel? None of us know what we're doing. We are figuring this out as we go. And we all feel fear. And every time I was like, gosh, that's weird. Like, why don't people talk about that more? I felt like I was sharing it a lot, but you know, we were living in this world where, especially as social media was growing, all we really see and focus on is the highlight reel. 
And I just remember thinking to myself, gosh, we've got to do a better job of sharing the hard parts. And fast forward, maybe a year or two later, I get a call from a woman who now is a friend and she was my first book publisher. And she said, Hey, I'm putting together this writing group. It would be great, a great tool for you to establish yourself as an expert in health and fitness. Cause that's the business business I was building. I did fitness competitions. I was building a brand around health and fitness content. And I was starting to kind of lose my interest in that. I think I just like really prefer to drink wine to like, you know, and that's why I love people like you. Cause they're, you know, they're here to tell me that we don't have to yes, cut out wine. Okay. <laughs> I think I was just starting to get to the point where I I didn't have the same passion around coaching people in their health and fitness as I did wanting to have all these other conversations. And I end up sharing this, everything I just shared with you to this woman on the phone. And she said, well, Lindsay, if you don't write that book, who's going to? And in that moment, I just finished telling her that I wanted women to know that all the fears that they had weren't the reason that they shouldn't pursue that thing. It was actually an indication that they should. But the first thing out of my mouth when she said, you should write that book was, I started to tell her all the reasons why I was not the one. And I heard it. I like stopped and I heard myself and I was like, dang it. Okay. If I really want to make a difference in this area, I've got to go first. And I'll never forget. You obviously know Elliot. I remember before I walked into the office to take this phone call, I said, yeah, she wants to talk to something about writing a book. I'm definitely not doing that. Right. So cocky. And then I walked out of the office and I know you're married to a guy like this too, totally unafraid of our big ambitions. And I was like, so I'm writing a book, (laughs) you know, total (laughs) one eighty. And he's like, that's amazing. Like, so cool. Of course you can. And I never planned for that book to turn into anything else. It was really just my way of starting to explore. Okay. I know I'm passionate about this. I want to have these conversations, but I really thought the business I was building in health and fitness was going to be my thing. And that journey really changed my life. It was the first time I ever attempted something I didn't know if I would be good at. You know, I realized that part of the reason I was feeling kind of restless and just a little bit unfulfilled. If I was being honest with myself, when I was building that first health and fitness business in network marketing is I wasn't really stretching myself. I was giving maybe 70% of my full potential and that's on a good day. And it's tricky because in some of you listening, I know if you're listening to Jillian, you are a fellow ambitious woman or man. And I knew deep down there was more, but that more would require me to start doing things that made me really uncomfortable that I didn't know if I would be good at. And it was super safe to play at 70%. I mean, you remember I got awards. I was speaking on stages. I had enough money where it was comfortable. It was a great living, but it wasn't like what I really felt like I was supposed to be generating. And it just was safe. It was so freaking safe. And that sounds like a good thing until your soul is like slowly dying inside because you know that there's more. And so the book, what I now can see was really one of the first times that I ever attempted something that really made me bump up against all of those things like imposter syndrome and perfectionism. I, I just wanted it to be so perfect. And so the book launched and my publisher said, you should have a book launch event. And I said, well, it doesn't sound like much fun to do an event focused on me. I didn't even enjoy like having a bridal shower, like having people focus all their attention on you while you're opening gifts and hoping that you look like grateful enough as you're opening the towels that that you picked out and try to be surprised. 
I was like, ah, no, that's so true. <laughs> it's like, oh, here's the thing I told you to buy. Thank you. I don't really want to have an event about me. I want to have this conversation live with, you know, a room full of women. And I uh, hired a spin instructor who happened to be a wedding planner to help me plan that first event and no clue what it was going to turn into. But turns out that a lot more women than I realized were feeling that craving to find a space where they can be just as unapologetic about how big their ambitions are as they are real about the stuff that's hard. And I am always going to be open about the hard stuff I'm struggling with because I never want someone to see, especially the version of what my life looks like now and think that you get to a point where you don't feel that stuff. It actually gets more intense. The fear gets, it grows in proportion to the size of the goals that you're chasing, but you become better along the way and better equipped to handle it. So I probably left so much out in between, but I know we're going to dive into it. And that's really how it started because I was looking for that space too. Yeah. I feel like so much of what you said, so many people will relate to. I think the the things that hold me back are the fear, definitely a perfectionist thinking, you know, when I first took the leap, it was financially, like, how am I, like you said, I was safe. It was comfortable. And so a lot of those things really held me back initially, but I have learned that you have to take the first step and then the universe answers. Like you have to like start moving forward. Otherwise, like nothing's going to happen. And you're always going to be stuck in this place where you're constantly feeling like you're not doing what you really want. Your dreams are not being pursued. And then for me, I felt like, eventually the world was throwing things at me where it was like pushing me out of my job. It was like, okay, I hear you. I'm leaving. Jeez. But you know, I love, let's talk a little bit about this perfectionism. Cause I know you and I both have this and I love your story that relates to your book about when you got your book and you're the writer that helped you create it, called you. And what did she tell you? Yes. This is like for any of my perfectionists out there, I just want you to hear this from someone who is you. Okay. One of the things that I really had to bump up against as I was writing was this desire for it to be perfect or just for it to be right and for it to be so powerful. Every word is just to really make an impact. And the mantra I repeated over and over to myself that I heard someone else that we both know and love, Lori Harder, say on a podcast once is that done is better than perfect. And I had to remember that because every part of me, I would still be writing that first darn book if I had given in to what I really wanted because it took a year to write and I'm a different person by the end of the year. So I want to go back and rewrite everything to match who I am now. And I remember just releasing it. I remember having this powerful moment when I handed over the final manuscript and I just had this like internal feeling in like in my soul of me, like opening my hands and releasing it. Like my part's done. Okay. Now let it get to whoever it's meant to get to, let it be whatever it's meant to be and do whatever it's meant to do. And I really meant it. And then launch day rolls around and we had just hit bestseller status on Amazon in the women in business category. It was so cool because I did not have an audience back then, like at all. I did all the wrong things for how you should promote a book. And I just remember being blown away. And I'm sharing this part leading up to this dramatic reveal of what happened because I want you to like really put yourself in this situation because I had a choice to make what I had just experienced. I, you know, was on this high, not just reaching a, like a superficial outward goal of bestseller status. It was how that happened. 
all these people in my life showed up for me. I didn't even ask them to. People started sharing it and they were buying copies for their friends. And I was so blown away by how it felt to be that supported and was feeling this sense of gratitude and accomplishment that I'd never experienced before. Cause this was something that I had to overcome myself to even do. And then my publisher calls and I'm thinking clearly she is calling to congratulate me. And the first words out of her mouth were Lindsay, I'm sick to my stomach. And I was like, did you eat some weird Brazilian meat or something? One of those steakhouses, like what's happening? And she said, there's a typo on the cover. I'm like, of my book? <laughs> Question mark. And I, I just remember kind of like, you know, taking in the information and thinking to myself, well, and she was just beside herself. I don't know how we missed it. Uh, you know, she has a PhD in English. I was like quite the competitor on the elementary school spelling bee circuit. Like there's no physical way there should be a typo in, in the subtitle. The word fulfill had an extra L. And it was like this moment where I don't know if anyone else has ever had like moments like these where you literally zoom out and you're like, wow, I can, I can literally see my own growth in how I'm even receiving this information because I realized I could either obsess over this or be so embarrassed and pull back on like really letting this message be out there. I could have totally taken the book down and, and started to pull back on my message, never share it again, decide that this meant, see, I never should have done this. Or I could actually surrender to what I said, which was that I released it and whatever came from this book was for me and it was for others. And I remember saying to her, and I don't think this is what she expected me to say. I said, well, that's kind of perfect, isn't it? And that book went on to inspire this little event that became a global community that became a nearly seven figure business in five years. And I could have missed it by holding on to the, the version of me that I had been up until that point, which was very much rooted in perfectionism, or I could believe my own mantra that done was better than perfect. And yes, we went on and we fixed the typo. There were more inside of the book, you know, it happens, always happens. And that imperfect book changed my life and thousands of other lives. And it's the best story now to share at parties and on stage. I was going to say, I've honestly heard you tell this story so many times. And I feel like you reference it a lot because it was so impactful in your life. But even just having that story to share as an example is so powerful. And that just goes to show you that everything that happens in our life is always a lesson and there's no failures because everything is teaching you something, whether it is to share on stage or to share on a podcast or just a life lesson that you learned where you get to recognize the situation and decide, you know, am I going to go right or am I going to go left? And then you get to choose which way you want to go. All right. So you mentioned it becoming a, it was a small event and then a big event and this major business that you have developed. So tell us a little bit about the powerhouse woman event. I was just sharing with you. I'm so excited for the event to come up in August. I already have my ticket and I think this is my, is this my fourth year attending and including the virtual one that we did that one year. And it's like a no brainer. Like, of course I have my ticket. Of course I had the VIP package. I can't wait to go to pajamas and Prosecco's and get my cute pajamas for that event. So it's become such a state. I feel like locally and the female entrepreneur community here in Arizona, but tell us a little bit about this event. If people are unfamiliar with it, which I don't know how you could be. 
not know about it. <laughs> if you've been, right, if you've been living under a rock, yes. we do not <laughs> fault you for that. No, it really is a day that encompasses everything we've talked about to this point. You know, a day that is all about celebrating your wildest ambitions in a room where it's really safe to do that. And acknowledging that not all of us start out having a community of people who really get our big vision. So if you're looking for a space to plug into where that part of you will be celebrated, but also where you'll hear the most successful women that you probably all love and admire online, you'll hear them share about the things they still struggle with, not the things that they've overcome in the past and life is perfect now, but it starts to just create this feeling in the room of, oh, we literally are all in this together. And I picked up some tangible tips for how to move through those things that get in my own way, because we all get in our own way. And it's just a lot of fun. And I think I was just on a podcast right before this, where I think that is the part I wish I would have learned earlier on to have more fun along the way that it can be fun. And yes, we are out there changing the world and pursuing really big things, but it's a day really dedicated to that and to you and your big vision. And I'm very biased, but it is my favorite day of the year. I always say, I don't really need a birthday. Just give me that powerhouse women event. And we have women come from all over. So if you're listening and you're like, well, I don't live in Arizona. I'll never forget the first year I walked up to someone at the very first ever pajamas and Prosecco. You were there, you remember. And I remember speaking to this woman who I was like, wait, you came from New York. Wait, how did you find out about this? And who did you come with? She's like, I just came by myself and I heard it on the, on your podcast. And I remember she must've thought I was such a weirdo. Cause I just stared at her like you did. Why? <laughs> because I didn't realize again, that this message was just so much bigger. So we have virtual tickets available and also, you know, it's definitely worth a girl's trip to Arizona. Yes, I would say in-person is my favorite. And you know, you have cultivated such an awesome community. One of my favorite things about attending, obviously you have amazing speakers. The vendors are amazing. There's cool photo op opportunities. And it's just fun to get together with a bunch of, of other women that are inspired and support each other. But I, the biggest thing I take away every year is a sense of that collaboration over competition because I that was one of my biggest things that I was working on just as a female in general, super competitive with other women and whether it was with their business or with the way that they looked or the way they dressed or how perfect their house was, right? And of course, we already talked about there's always this highlight reel that's not always perfect. But for me coming to Powerhouse Women, I don't feel that vibe at all. It is like so much like we're in this together. We all have the same struggles and challenges. And we're just here, like you said, to have fun, to learn a little bit, to network. And it, I gained so like that energy is always, always there. I never feel that competition. And sometimes that's not the case at other events or things that I go to. Yeah. And I, it's something that I, I really believe that when we ground it in that authenticity, when we see that we are all more alike than we are different, it gives each of us permission to be more fully who we are. And that's all I've ever wanted. You know, even back when I was struggling with my confidence and that's what I would have said is like, I want more confidence. I want to walk into a room like that with powerful women. And look, if you're nervous to walk into a room like that, I'm still nervous to walk into a room like that. And yet it feels different. That's why I always tell people, you can't actually put words to it. it. You just have to be in that room to feel it for yourself. And I think when we give ourselves that permission and back to what I was saying about, I always thought I wanted confidence, but what I actually was craving was this 
freedom to just be fully who I am and love who I am right now while simultaneously working to become this future higher self version of me that I, I could feel her. Like I could feel that energy of this woman I was evolving into. And I think when you're in a space that celebrates both who you are now, who you're becoming, and you also feel like you're on this journey with others who are transforming right alongside you. And it's safe to do that it can be life-changing. I created what I was looking for. So selfishly, you know, I created it because I knew that that's what I wanted. And now we have the data to show how big of an impact that kind of space really can have. I just got goosebumps because when you said I created something that I really wanted, it just took me back to my What's Your Dinner Club membership, which you were on the journey of creating that. And I literally created that because that's what I wanted. <laughs> Some like easy way to make dinners easier, easier, but that's such good advice for anyone that has a calling. They're feeling called towards something like, what do you really need and want? And there's probably other people out there that are feeling the same way. So how can you find a solution that's going to help you and help them too? And I think that really speaks back to just what you've been talking about, your whole motto of not doing business or life alone. Like really, it is about this collaboration with other people and supporting each other. So many times solutions have come up so much faster when I have been in a community of people that either just like, like give you a quick solution or someone to talk to or dismiss a fear that you had. And it's like, Oh, that was so much faster. In fact, I remember when I was talking to you on the phone about joining your mastermind and you told me, you know, Jillian, you're going to be successful no matter what, but I can get you there faster. And that's never been more true when you are around these other people is it helps you get to that place that you want to be faster. It's more fun. You can enjoy it more. And that speaks to just not doing it by yourself, which is this amazing community that you've developed. So I'd love to know what ways do you feel like you have not done alone? What things have you invested in? Whether it's a mentor, a mastermind, is it support from Elliot? Is it friends? Like what sort of things do you feel like have really kept you from feeling like you're doing it all by yourself? You know, when I think about the types of communities I've had around me, throughout this journey that have made the biggest impact, I there really are three. And I believe that this is a great place to look for yourself. If right now you feel a little bit maybe you would say lonely in this journey, or if you feel like it's just maybe harder than it needs to be, this is a great place to look at, okay, am I missing one of these three? So the first one is a community that you impact, right? This is the the group of people that you are creating this big idea to make a difference for. And it's important to be really tuned in to that community and be connected with them. And that can look all different ways, right? But just have a connection with the people you're serving because on the days when it's really freaking hard, and I don't really want to get out of my own way. It's worth it when I think about, oh, okay, this could really make a difference for Jillian, for, you know, name any one of the women who have had just like the honor to work with. It's always worth it. And when I think about who it's for and why it's worth it for me to work through this fear, that snaps me right back on track every single time. So that's always been my driving motivation. The second one is a community that you can collaborate with. So other people that are on the same journey with you, even back to when I wrote the book, one of the reasons I actually finished because I tried to quit three times. I actually was about to quit, tried to quit. But one of the things that kept me going other than thinking about who I wanted to serve was I was on the journey, the writing journey with other authors. So I knew I wasn't a crazy person for feeling like, I don't know, is this any good? And that's one of the things we've really created with powerhouse women is just a space where you're like, yep, you're good. 
Yeah, we all feel that way. I mean, and we'll definitely give you tools to work through it, but just know that it's kind of normal to feel that. And I think even just sometimes just that reassurance that you're not the only one that feels that way is enough to keep you moving forward. And the third community is the community that you're mentored by. And this has been one of my biggest secrets to success. I know you and I have talked so much about it. I've invested in myself, I would say more than a lot of people. And that's not to say it always has to be a big financial investment, but I'm always thinking about it through the lens of who's the person I want to be a year from now. What's the business I want to have a year from now. And what version of myself do I need to be today? What decision, what investment do I need to make today so I can step into that? Because if I invest in what's comfortable for me now and the group of people who are just the exact same space that I am now, I'm probably not going to get there as fast as if I enter the rooms and the spaces and invest at a the next uncomfortable level for me, whatever that is, where I'm now surrounded by people who my craziest wild dream is like, what they do. And it's not even, doesn't even phase them. And when you're around, you referenced it when you're around that mindset where people are like, Oh yeah, cool. No, that's, that could totally be done. The example I always give is uh, it's actually a, a goal that Elliot and I set for something we wanted to invest in, which is real estate. And we had this long-term goal that we had kind of planned out where we figured it would take us about 20 years to reach and have these properties and just this whole vision of being able to travel and go and visit like our rental properties, being in one mastermind with people who do this in their sleep. Elliot shares his, it was really like his vision. And now in a few months, that vision will be fully up and running and literally a 20 year goal turned into a two year goal because we were around the right people. And that kind of stuff happens when you're willing to be, it's kind of have to have like a spirit of humility to like walk into the room where you're the dumbest person (laughs) or where you know the least, right? And just be willing to learn because it can change your life so fast. Yeah, I love that. And again, being a part of your mastermind, I what I love too is you've always said it, you don't have to have someone that is like, and honestly, I think it's better to have someone that is a few steps ahead of you, right? Not like 50 steps ahead of you, but it's like, okay, just like you said, like that's where I want to be. There's something about what they're doing that I want to achieve or that is they're emulating that I really want to to be. And so it makes you want to build off of what their energy and their experience. So finding that person that is just a few steps ahead of you and not feeling like you have to do like Tony Robbins every time, right? Like it can just be someone that is a couple steps ahead of you so that you can learn those next steps. So I feel like that's why we always are like looking for like, I know I, as a manifesting generator, want to see like what it's like way far out there, but Sometimes you just have to do one step at a time because you're never going to see the whole big thing, right? You have to have just those couple steps ahead of you. So true. And I've always said, I think if I, for sure, I know this to be true. Five years ago, if someone had showed me a little glimpse of what my life looks like now as like, hey, here's the future you're working toward. It would have freaked me out. I never would have gotten started. So I think that's such a good point. It's knowing what's going to be the most expansive energy for you right now noticing who you're just drawn to, like, who do you, you love the business that they've built. And maybe it's a similar type of business where, you know, you can learn some strategy from them, but more than anything, I pay attention to like, who do I want to be like, because if I can really, you know, gain proximity by investing in something that person offers or 
being around them in whatever way I can find, even if it's, you know, consuming their free content, I'm really more interested in how do they think? What are their beliefs? Where along the journey did they maybe have similar beliefs to mine? And then how did they transform them? So it's way more about like, who did that person become? then what's the strategy that they use? And I think when we think about our mentors, either virtual mentors or ones that we invest in working with like that, we tend to find our people. Mm, that's so powerful. And I think, like you said, diving into that free content, like attending uh, events or listening to podcasts or even just following them on social media. Sometimes people are either giving so much content away on social media, and then you're going to find the person that you really are connected with. And I know you ha- obviously have mastermind, but you also have an awesome membership community too. So can you talk a little bit about that? Cause that might, I feel like that's such a good stepping stone for people that are going to looking for community and also getting some mentorship and guidance along the way. Yeah. And we've really structured everything where, and maybe some of you listening, if you have businesses, you've struggled with this before. I want to make sure that there is something for everyone. I don't believe that everyone is at a point that they need to be investing thousands of dollars in mentorship I didn't do that in the very beginning of my business journey. So we have free resources like a podcast. We have, you know, so many different things that people can consume. And then we created a membership community where it's just a little bit more intentional. So this is a space where, you know, other women want to connect. They want to collaborate and We created it as the lowest barrier of entry possible just to to make it so that there's space for everyone, but also an investment so that people show up for it, right? Because it's funny, I, I actually used to give similar content away for free and I didn't see the results in other people's lives, like really, really the results that we see now until there was a price tag to it. I think that's important to know is like for you, I know this is true for me. When I pay, I pay attention. And so I love having that space, but still really accessible. And then so many different, you know, we really kind of create different spaces based on the stage of business you're at so that you can always be learning and growing with others who are, you know, maybe a step or two ahead of you, a few who maybe you're a step ahead of them. But I really do believe in this idea that we grow and we really flourish in community. So people might not resonate with my particular story, But being in community with these other women, they're going to find someone who has a similar life story to them or similar business journey. And it also takes the pressure off of me that I have to know everything, (laughs) like just full disclosure. And I think that's like just such anyone who does, you know, coaching or mentorship of any, of any kind. That's why I love coaching in community because the value is exponential. It's not just all on me because I, I only know what has worked for me. So it's evolved really beautifully and will continue to. I can't wait to see what we're doing five years from now. Yes. Oh, I love that. You know, you, you kind of mentioned it, but something that I've heard you talk about before that I love is the difference between community and audience. And, you you know, we've talked a lot about building the strong community and the support network there. But I think a lot of times we feel like if you're owning a business, you're you have to have this audience of people. And it's funny because I find myself really focusing on those words a lot when I'm speaking about, you know, who I'm serving and my clients, like I community sounds more like what I'm trying to develop versus an audience or a bunch of clients that use my services, right? So talk a little bit about your understanding and beliefs and community versus audience and why you feel like a community is so much more powerful. Yes. Okay. 
listen up friends, because this is, I'm about to give you literally everything that all of my secrets, how powerhouse women has evolved and grown from a very small audience to begin with. And that's one of my favorite things about our story is I didn't have an audience when I launched that book. I had a very small social media following that knew me for health and fitness, not for what I wanted to talk about. No email list, no social media for the brand itself. We've grown really organically. And one of the things that we've done from the beginning, and it wasn't actually until I was asked to do a training on the topic of community building. I was like, well, let me sit down and think about how I build community. Cause I don't know. That's just, I, that's just what I do. It obviously comes very authentic to you. It obviously yeah. does. Yeah. And when I really started to analyze, okay, what's the difference? This, this idea dawned on me that obviously building an audience in the business world is important. We need people to know about you and how amazing you are and how you can help them. That's, that's actually a great thing. But I think that slight but powerful difference between an audience and a community and building an audience is kind of like asking myself, okay, how can I get more people to connect with me? How can I get more people to want to learn from me, consume my content? And that is step one. That, that actually is important. But the subtle difference in a community and approaching your business growth with community in mind is instead of saying, how can I get more people to connect with me? It's asking the question, now, how can I get those people to connect with each other? And I want you to really, really think about maybe some of the businesses and brands that you really align with. You probably have a sense of camaraderie with other people who also love that brand. And especially right now. And, you know, this all really started to become clear to me in the middle of 2020 when, you know, we were so present to the fact that connection is not only vital for our mental health, it's, it's vital for our life to thrive. And so if your business, if you have one, if your brand can become a place where other people know they can find others like them who believe what they believe or are passionate about what they are, or maybe they have the same aspirational identity, right? Like for us, it's like these women who want to see themselves and experience themselves as this powerhouse. They want to make an impact. Then it just gives you this opportunity to make an even deeper impact. And I believe a more lasting impact. That's really where you find your loyal customers. And, and I don't even want to say followers because it's not that it's like you find your family, the family that just like you were saying, Jillian, where you're like, yeah, why, why wouldn't I be at the powerhouse women event? Cause your people are there, right? You walk in now and either it's the people that you've already met, or, you know, you're going to meet more women who are like you. And yes, it's obvious for a business like powerhouse women, because we are a community driven business, but you can do this. If you have a product, you can do this. If you have any type of business It's just start asking yourself, how can my brand be this catalyst for connection? How can people find more like-minded people through our presence and some cool answers I guarantee will come out of asking yourself that question. Mm, I'm like, okay, journal prompt for tomorrow morning. That sounds really like, I love that. I'm, it's so funny because I thinking maybe I selfishly scheduled this podcast so I could just get some more mentorship from you because <laughs> I always get so much information. And again, same thing with your podcast. I love listening to your podcast. I love when you have guests, but I also really love your solo ones because it is like a little pep talk from your mentor all the time. So I go to it. It's my favorite thing to do on a walk. So except, except right now when it's really hot in Arizona, but... <laughs> 
<laughs> but you have so much insight. I love it. Okay. So you mentioned earlier that we always show the highlight reel, right? We're always showing, you know, the perfectionism, the how great things are. And I have to totally admit there's times when I do that too, because a lot, I'm thinking when it's like really hard, like the last thing you want to do is show up, right? You're like, okay, yeah, there's chaos in my house. Kids are throwing food. So once like the dog threw up over here, like I'm not going to get my phone out and be like, hey guys, just so you know, normal life over here, like chaos happening in my house. It's like, you can't even fathom to like showcase what's happening because you're it's so much that you're dealing with. But I would love to hear, and I'll share one thing too. One thing that you feel like you're being challenged with right now, something that is maybe not going the way you thought or something that's building up a roadblock for you. And I'll share mine first so you can think through it in case you need some time to think through what you want to say. But I'm like, oh no, I'm always very present. <laughs> I know, yes, yes. For me, you know, the thing that I have been sharing with other people is it's so funny because I've had these dreams and goals of growing the What's For Dinner Club, my membership. And I'll say a number of how many people or how big I would am expecting to grow the community. But then deep down inside, I actually have a, like a real number where I'm like safe, right? And it's, blows my mind because I'll start to get momentum and grow the community. And then it'll slowly trickle back down to this one number that I'm like, oh my gosh, I keep like, I have this little roadblock of getting over this where I know I could serve so many more people. And so just last week, I actually just posted on my story. It's like, hey guys, I'm looking to find some creative ways to get outside of just sharing this service through my Instagram. Like what are some other fun ideas or ways? And I had, I mean, so many people send fun ideas of things I had never thought of. So for me now, my biggest challenge is getting over this roadblock of this, you know, safe number that I have in my head and putting into action a lot of these ideas that people had. So that's my biggest challenge that I've been focusing on and working through of why this one number is stuck in my head and I need to get beyond that. So number one, if you have advice for that, and then secondly, <laughs> share your challenge that you're dealing with. Yeah. Oh gosh. Having a membership, same feel like there are these little plateaus that naturally happen. I'm like, we can totally talk about that offline. And I'm curious some of these tips that you got, but you know, mine is really personal. It's on the personal side. And this is something I always share how it does not matter how much work sometimes we do on these different fears that are so deeply rooted. It's like my favorite analogy to give if anyone else loves the movie Bridesmaids, where she's on the airplane and not supposed to be in first class. And she's wearing like the big glasses. And she's like, no, it's not me. It's Mrs. Iglesias. And it's like, your fears will show up just like that. It's like, gosh, I just, I thought I overcame that one. And then it changes outfit and comes back in a disguise. And you're like, no, it's still you. This is still the same thing. And I have really battled this fear that if I show the world, the full expression of me, will I be judged for it? I think that's like a really normal fear. And, you know, I'm usually worried about being judged by people who aren't necessarily like the people I'm trying to serve, but that doesn't make it any easier. And I'm just really going through something right now where I feel that, that sense that, man, just my, by me being who I am, it's triggering someone else. And maintaining a sense of love, not getting defensive or feeling like I have to justify myself, knowing that like, I know my heart and I can either spend all my time trying to convince this one other person of who I really am, or I can focus on the people who I am here to serve. And it's tough because this time it's someone really, really close. And 
that's challenging. And I just want you all to hear that, to say that this is the stuff you don't usually get to see. The people who you love following, who are doing amazing things are battling with the same doubts and fears and resistance from people around them or from within themselves that you are. We just can't let that take us out of the game. So what's cool is I actually had a similar experience in 2018. And what's so cool is to see my own growth because that took me out for about six months. I cried my eyes out for six months over one person not liking me. That is like embarrassing to say, but it was that deep. I had just felt so judged and my character was being judged and it wasn't an act. I didn't feel like it was an accurate character assessment. And now it's been more like, it'll take a couple minutes of my day. And then I'll be like, okay, that feeling is valid. And I'll just reaffirm myself. I love you. You know, sometimes it, it comes from that. It's triggering us because maybe we haven't been loving ourselves. But it's so beautiful to witness my own growth because I can't imagine stopping. I can either stop and let this have all my power or I'm going to keep going and keep loving someone who might not love me back. But it's an ongoing thing. And I think it's just really beautiful to get to witness our own evolution as humans. Mm, I love that. I have had a couple of moments too where you, where I've, like you said, when you catch yourself, just like you said with that book, when you started saying excuses, you're basically <laughs> catching yourself and realizing, oh my gosh, I'm doing exactly what I'm noticing everyone else is doing. But I, I think when you, it's so powerful when you can have those moments and you think of, wow, how do I want to react to this? And I like you, before you even react, you have time to think through it. And I think the way that I've gotten there and maybe similar to you is a lot of work and, you know, a lot of personal growth, a lot of meditation, a lot of journaling, a lot of listening to other people and like that are inspiring to me to realize, okay, how do I want to show up? And it really makes you realize that you're totally in control of all this, you know, like you get to choose and that doesn't make it easy, right? It's still challenging when you go through those types of situations, but I feel like it gives you a little more sense of confidence in yourself because you've seen what you did in the past and you realize, I don't want to do that. I want to be different this time. And that's so powerful when you get to that place. I mean, that's it. That is it. If there is a secret to how do you become successful, become more obsessed with the person you're becoming than any of the external stuff. And this is coming from two people who are very goal oriented and I love achieving goals. It's so much fun. I just found that there's no goal I've achieved and I've gotten to do some really, really cool things. There's nothing I've achieved that even comes close to the feeling inside that I, I have about myself, like actually loving the person I've become. You can't take that away. And you can take all the external stuff away. It's fine. I got, I would just recreate it because I know myself to be capable of that. So focus more on that, that goal growing and evolving as a person will pay off in so many surprising ways. And then you'll also get all the other stuff that you were working toward as well. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how we go on from this conversation because I feel like mic drop. There we go. You guys love yourself <laughs> because that really, it is the ultimate way to achieve all those other things, right? It's funny how, but are you familiar with Abraham Hicks? I actually just bought a ticket to her event. She's coming to Phoenix. I saw your post. I can't wait, but it's so funny because I love her seminars on her podcast because she's always just like, all right, you guys spent all this money to get here. I'm going to tell you exactly what you need to know. I say it every single time. You guys don't ever listen, but here we go. For every solution, you just got to get in alignment and be in the receptive mode. 
all right, thank you for your money. Thanks for coming today. And it's so true. Like there's, it's, it all boils down to something so simple as that, right? Like loving yourself, loving the journey. And I love that. I feel like that's the best message that we could give. All right, Lindsay, I know we're going to get more of this amazing mentorship and advice from your event, from your podcast, from your book. Where can people find you? Where can we learn more? One of my favorite places right now I was sharing with you is the podcast. We are almost at 400 episodes. It's crazy how fast it goes. And it is, it's just one of my favorite places to serve. So, I mean, if you love Jillian, I think you would also love this. Our podcast, it's all just under powerhouse women. So our Instagram, our event is powerhouse women. We're not too hard to track down and I'm sure you'll be linking everything up, but would really love to connect with everyone over there or possibly see them and squeeze you in real life in August if this episode is airing before then. But just thank you so much. I want to say this, and this is something cool for people to hear too, is you will have people along your journey who pour belief into you at a time that they probably don't even realize they need it. I remember saying to you, I think I I might do this mastermind. And you are that person who is like, yeah, I need that kind of mentorship. Like, let me know when it exists. And I think it's important to know that like we borrow belief and we usually don't totally see where that's going to lead or who all needs it. So thank you for being that person for me. And I mean, you've changed my life just as much and I'm so grateful for you. Thank you so much. I literally could just reiterate, ditto. Ditto. <laughs> Back to you. <laughs> thank you for pouring belief in me. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here, Lindsay. Make sure you guys check out her podcast, attend her event. And we are so grateful for you guys to join us. See you on the next episode. 